0: to episode three of Level Up Watches, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is a spinoff series from the Level Up and Friends podcast, where those of us from the comic book and video game shop Level Up Entertainment in May's Landing and soon-to-be Summers Point, New Jersey, uh, get together with some friends and discuss the latest in pop culture entertainment. And if you don't know by now, you're three episodes in, but we are covering The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm your host, Harry, and I am joined by the only man to give music recommendations from the 40s to Bucky Barnes. Marvelous Mike.
1: A good evening, Harry. I, I feel my background, says I should be a masterpiece theater.
0: <laughs> masterpiece
1: theater, why? I don't know, it's a nice chair. That's oh, a post oh, oh. in my basement.
0: Yes, you did come to us this week from a Finish new locale. Master, yes. Much appreciated. And uh, you know, the, the anticipation, I had to, to you know, send off all these uh, requests to get a, an early access look at what this week's Marvel item is going to be that you're gonna show us. And I, I, I couldn't spoil it for anybody. So, I, and I don't even have the inside information. This is the week.
1: Well, so as you know, we still have three weeks after today. And by my math, I ain't got three more Marvel Legos to show. <laughs> so we're doing a little switch this week in honor of Easter. And I, I'm showing my favorite Easter candy. It's the Easter candy of the week we're going to show, okay. and it is the Palmer Easter Bunny, my parsnip Pete.
0: My what does this favorite. have to do with Marvel? Well,
1: <laughs> I don't have any Legos to show this week, so I made it. I made it a new segment: the Easter candy of the week. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> If best, I remember best correctly, Mr. chocolate out there, Palmer Bunnies. They do not sponsor this program,
0: <laughs> unless they're they sending might, money. They might after
1: this, I,
0: if I remember correctly, your your Marvel Lego Iron Man uh, frame has configurable pictures. You can change it. So why not for next week? You just make another Iron Man picture. No, I got rid of the instructions. I burned them. That was the most tedious.
1: I loved it. It's beautiful. That was the most tedious set I ever had to build. <laughs>
0: called dedication to, to your
1: craft. <laughs> I do have one more that we'll, we'll show next week.
0: Okay. I all thought
1: right. it was nice to switch things up a little bit, you know, with the uh, holiday and
0: all. It, I, I thought it was going to be in the shape of Iron Man or something, you know, something <laughs> that relates to the episode. Uh, maybe like snake guts and like a shot or something. I, I don't <laughs> know, but that, that had nothing to do with anything. Waste of all of our time. <laughs> all right. Let's jump into it. So... This is episode three. We are at the halfway point of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. This episode is called Power Broker. And uh, boy, boy, do we have, do, do, do you have just thoughts off the bat before we kind of break it down, go through the scenes?
1: Well, uh, yeah, like I said last week, you know, you're at, this is now the start of act two mm-hmm. of the show and it got us the action. It brought us to a new world. Uh, in, in marvel one that I, being a movie, you know, not a comics fan, never heard of. Uh, so there was a lot of intrigue, there was a lot of action, and there was still a lot of thrill, so I am excited. Uh, The, the fastest 45 minutes into television.
0: (laughs) And, you know, very much so where WandaVision expanded on Age of Ultron, and was sort of almost like a sequel, direct sequel to that film. This episode in particular felt like a direct sequel to Civil War because we saw a few big names, some characters that we haven't really seen or caught up with since Civil War, and uh, this was like a, a one big reunion from, from that movie. So we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, let's, let's break down this episode. So it starts off, speaking of WandaVision, I thought we had crossed over for a second because it starts off with this weird random PSA commercial yes, for the yes. Global Repatriation <laughs> Council. First off, let me, before we even get to that, I'm
1: happy to report that the Marvel Fan Fair was back in all its glory after taking a week off. So that got a standing ovation in the Marvelous Mike household.
0: They got your so. letters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yes, but
0: continue on. We, we didn't really touch on the uh, Global Repatriation Council or GRC. Uh, last week, we did get a little bit of uh, information on them from John Walker, New Cap, um, that, and from the Flag Smashers from Carly Morgenthau that, you know, this group is uh, sort of stepping up to help the, the refugees of the blip, the people who are homeless, who need sh- uh, shelter, need supplies. Um, and, you know, that's sort of what this commercial is, is about. It it's totally breaks the tone of the rest of the show because it's like this really happy-go-lucky Uh, infomercial about the GRC and how great they are. Uh, Their three uh, mission statement, their three words are reset, restore, rebuild. So I I had written those down in case they come back, you know, in some way, shape or form. Uh, But yeah, the GRC. So apparently that's another organization that we have to keep track of here. Um, You know, and immediately goes right from that commercial to uh, a GRC van that pulls up and doors open, some soldier-like people come out, the van side door opens, and it's John Walker, new cap. And uh, he, he's a direct employee or, or consultant for the GRC, uh, and they're breaking down into the, the shelter that we saw from last week's episode. Uh, they're on the trail of the Flag Smashers and Carly Morgenthau, and uh, they're interrogating everybody. They're setting people up for arrests. Uh, trying to track down who, the, where she is, where they went. And, um, you know, Newcap gets this suspect and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And the guy just spits in his face. Um, and, you know, for for a second, we see John Walker snap. Uh, he grabs the guy, pushes him up against the wall and he yells, don't you know who I am? You know, very dramatically. They um, know and- who I am. <laughs> I don't quite remember Steve Rogers ever handling suspects. Quite, no, and that naturally. was
1: very uh, yes, and that's uh, exactly what I said to Kristen during that scene, uh, that this is not Captain America. He, you know, never resorted to to showing, you know, showboating, and with his name and, he, and even that uh, glorification of the violence to get at what he wanted uh, was something that we had not seen from Captain America.
0: Yeah. And, and just think of the image. I mean, from an international standpoint, um, you know, all the other GRC staffers other than John Walker and, and Hoskins was with him as well. They're all, you know, they have the gear from that country. I think they're in Madrid, maybe still. Um, and here is this man decked out in an American flag, you know, giving orders, taking names, he doesn't speak the language. He had to get Hoskins to come over and translate. And now making threats, and it's it's sort of like that in a nutshell that that American stereotype of you know uh, that, invading yeah, that, invading other countries, taking names, you know, not that grand American them arrogance. Them. <laughs> yes, and and being arrogant, and don't you know who I am? So uh, where last week we humanized John Walker, you know, to the point where we almost felt bad for him, but there were a few things that slipped through. Here, you know, the first sign of any kind of struggle, and he's. Uh, He's, he's are already pulling the, the look at me, don't you know who I am card. So uh, interesting. Uh, we won't spend too much time with John Walker. Uh, they, they, the scene shifts to something else and we really don't pick up, he gets one more scene later on in the episode. So not much John Walker this week. Uh, well, well
1: just, just to pause, I, uh, going completely off topic, cause that's what I like to do. Uh, it appears I saw on Twitter uh, today that the actor who portrays him has been getting uh, tons and tons of hate mail?
0: Yes, so Wyatt Russell is the actor who portrays him, son of Kurt Russell, who- uh, Really? Uh, Russell and Goldie Hawn, it's uh, his son. Uh, Kurt Russell, you'll remember from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yes, yes. So, um, but yes, he has been receiving death- So in- that, is
1: that, no. That's, is that Kate Hudson's, isn't that her mother? Goldie Hawn?
0: i'm now completely off topic i have no idea i just know that because i you know doing research for the show uh so, <laughs> independent yeah yeah to the cloud um so <laughs> he has been getting death threats um you know unfortunately and this happened to um peter quill's actor too um uh, chris pratt People no, have- he deserved the hate mail. He deserved <laughs> the hate mail. I'm sorry. <laughs> After Infinity War, you know, people were like, it's your fault that Thanos snapped because you didn't follow the plan and got all this hate mail and death threats and everything else. So, um yeah, people take this stuff way too seriously. He's a man playing a role. He's an actor. Um funny enough, he actually had auditioned uh to play Steve Rogers back you know, in the in the original oh, days, wow. they had they had a laundry list of people, including John Kras- Krasinski uh, to to play Steve Rogers before the uh, role went to Chris Evans. But Wyatt Russell did try out for it at the time. I mean, he's a professional hockey player. He wasn't really even uh, an actor. You know, he, he wasn't acting for very long, and um, he's had a few roles here and there. I think some voiceover work, and here he is, our new Captain America. <laughs> right. So no hate mail. We don't
1: want to be advocating or you know.
0: And like, you know, hate mail for what? I mean, he hasn't even done anything really. Well, I it's because he took over. He took over. Oh, well, not my cap. That, that's the, yeah, <laughs> that's the movement. Although Marvel, Marvel's selling all kinds of Captain America They're making merchandise. a pretty penny off it. Yes, they are. Yep. get Sign right up. All right. I do want to say, I do like Hoskins. I, I'm, I'm starting, Hoskins is growing on me. He's the one that kind of pulls John Walker aside and like, hey, let's calm down a little bit, chill out. What's going on? Seems to be like the the angel on the shoulder for him, trying to bring him back down. So, uh, kudos to Haski. We pick up with the cliffhanger from last week, which was Sam and Bucky going to see Zemo, and Bucky. I referred
1: to him as Venmo throughout the
0: entire week leading (laughs) up to the episode. That is something completely different also not a sponsor of the podcast, but. <laughs> but if you do want to Venmo us we can give you our handles at the end of the show uh, Bucky pulls Sam aside and he's like hey let me go alone um you know he doesn't like Avengers he doesn't like superheroes he'll talk to me and Sam questions him but lets him go through with it and Bucky's just sort of like trust me I got it and, you know, Bucky goes in to go see Zemo. And the second he walks up, Zemo looks at him and immediately starts rattling off the Hydra code words to activate his programming. And Bucky's like, that doesn't work anymore. And Zemo goes, oh, I, I know, I figured, but uh, I just wanted to try and see, see how you react to the old world words. Um, but he does so- tell Bucky that he senses that something is still in there. And, you know, we get in this scene, we sort of get Zemo that is, he's apologetic. He says, look, you know, it was nothing personal. You were just sort of a means to my end to get rid of the Avengers. Uh, you know, it, it, it's all good, but... Even
1: more appropriate when Machiavelli is brought up throughout the, uh,
0: the episode. He's reading Machiavelli bad. in the cell, which, as you're a big fan of Machiavelli's, um, you know that <laughs> you have to murder everyone on your, your way up to your ascent, so... Uh, <laughs> That that is uh, maybe some foreshadowing. Who knows? But uh, what did you what did you think from seeing Zemo uh, return here? At least his early interactions with Bucky.
1: Yeah, I, I was surprised, or maybe I wasn't, but just how easily Bucky went along with with Zemo, and and but I guess realized that you ne- he needed to. I don't know, trust him, but this is my only way to, to solve this problem. So I'm sort of between a rock and a hard place. I have to go with him, uh, not to give a, I mean, we'll get to what happens, you know, in a minute, but I, I was surprised at the amount of acceptance that this is our only
0: hope, we, you know, we have to go for it right now. Yeah. So, you know, after the scene kind of shifts in a weird way after Bucky and Zemo have this initial conversation, where now it's Bucky and Sam talking in like this underground garage. And Sam is just sort of like, what, what do we even need Zemo for? You know, he, he's got a rap sheet a mile long. He killed, uh, he, he blew up the Wakandan embassy. Uh, he killed all those people. The Wakandans didn't forget. Uh, he, you know, he killed the super soldiers. He framed you for it. Why are we even going here? And Bucky's just, like you said, he's saying he's all we've got. He's the only lead we have. We need to stop these super soldiers. We know that there's at least eight of them out there, you know, already, um, that, that, that's how we got to do it. And I, I'm just thinking to myself, there, there's gotta be some other other way to do this than, than just, oh, I gotta go to Zemo, you know, gotta And, get this and m- you know, thinking long run,
1: if, well, because of what they did eventually, like now what happens to his part and what happens to all the goodwill that he has now earned uh, you know, with, as we now learn what he, what happened
0: about- Yeah. So he's talking to Sam about this and he's like, so like, hypothetically, if we were to get Zemo out, uh, here's how I would do it. You know, I, I, we could probably stage a fight with the prisoners and then we could pull a fire alarm and cause all this chaos and, you know, get Zemo out that way. And, and hypothetically that would sound about right. So, you know, you and I were both, we're both students of the law and we know our hypotheticals. Uh, and something about this just did not seem like a hypothetical, especially when they were intercutting scenes of Bucky doing these things. in the <laughs> um, And all of a sudden, you know, Bucky finishes telling Sam, you know, how they would hypothetically get Zemo out of jail and in walk Zemo into the garage. And Sam is like, what did you do? You know, I, I want to say Sam throughout this entire episode is sort of just a passenger along for this ride he he doesn't assert himself and and you know really put his foot down he lets bucky get away with a lot and you know bucky's just sort of like look you stuck your neck out for for me once before you know on my behalf and alluding to civil war which cost sam in a lot of ways i mean it it cost him his freedom It, it cost years of his life he was on the run and now bucky's like could you just do it again could you just be there for me one more time and it's like well that's really easy if you guys are are partners on this plan but Bucky did not tell Sam any part of this plan until it was already done and that leads me to my bold statement of the week the real villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now everybody's looking for the next Thanos you know who's going to be the thoroughline bad guy the bad guy is Bucky Barnes oh <gasps> i have been team iron man since day one of civil war and if (laughs) this episode is not vindication for team iron man in the movie civil war i don't know what is captain america steve rogers eat your heart out because this is what you got now bucky has always thought that he could do whatever he wanted without any kind of consequences and here he is busting out baron zemo out of jail unilaterally without any authority without talking to sam or anybody else and it's again because he thinks that he can get away with it and then bring everybody else along for the ride later forget the consequences to their lives i just think it's extremely arrogant i think it's extremely selfish i don't think bucky's worth all of this (laughs) i just he he's he is not one of my favorite characters right now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think that he should be in jail. I, I just think that he should be locked up. I, I will not be that
1: bold in my, uh, in my statement, but like you said, the actions have consequences and you know, it, it, will, will they believe that the ends justify the means here? Uh, You've gotten one of the world's most dangerous men out of prison for what you know what has. If we we don't even know that much about the flag smashers right now, what has happened uh, that has caused you to have this crusade against them, obviously yes that they have the the super um, soldier serum. but. In terms of, of, of damage, in terms of they seem to be fighting each other right now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pal Broke, and Flag Special. Why are we getting, why are you so heavily invested in getting involved in, in that and trying to take both of them down, it seems? And so you're right in, in that. Uh, why are we devoting, you know, this much time to, to
0: this uh, scenario? I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, my leash with Bucky is very short and the amount of damage that he has caused in the marvel cinematic universe to the avengers to ordinary citizens and yet he gets to walk around and be free like there's a, this will come up later but i think there's a character that's justifiably angry about how her life has turned out since civil war versus how bucky's life has turned out since civil war i just I, yes i get that the man was a a living pawn robot for a number of years and he was not responsible for a lot of those things that happened but his decisions that he's made since he's been back you know in 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 reality if you're looking for a villain (laughs) i think you know he's not very far off from some other characters that people are are claiming are the villains of this show uh okay i had to get that off my chest there's a lot of bucky Barnes stands out there and i I just uh, can't can't do it um sam gives zemo the 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 very laughable typical line when you have you know a bad guy working with you in in, uh, you're you're not allowed to move without our permission don't do anything that we'd say not to or you're going right back to jail and it's like sure sam yep (laughs) yeah whatever you say um, I will say this, Baron, uh, Baron Zemo, or Hel- Helmut Zemo, now Baron, as we'll find out, in ben, he is phenomenal. And I, I, I enjoy spending time with this character, he, he's, he steals every scene that he's in, and it gives me very much the Loki vibes, when Loki is, is in scenes with the characters, and he's sort of that antagonist, but he's-, he's You don't, I, I, saying, I didn't hate but, him
1: at all in
0: the episode yesterday. It right, is not the antagonist. Right, right. Like so, uh, he, he gives me that sort of Loki feeling, and I also I hope that, I hope that his character will continue past this show. I I, I hope that he has a future role in the MCU. Um, I enjoy the way that they're characterizing him, that they they've come up with this character, and you know we know we know that the inevitable backstab is coming. I mean, the man said that his mission is to eliminate super soldiers. There's one sitting right next to him with a bionic him it's just a matter of when and and i just ugh, i hope that that moment maybe that'll like i'll be cheering for him <laughs> you, oh <laughs> <laughs> um so zemo you know he's showing why he's been pulled in he, this garage is filled with all these classic cars it turns out that his family was royalty in sokovia a little bit of retconning here because none of this came up in civil war it seemed but it makes sense. I mean, he had a lot of resources in Civil War. He was traveling the globe. So it makes sense that he'd be rich. Um, apparently, he's a Baron, which I have to give Marvel credit. Baron Zemo is the name of the character in the comic books. Helmet Zero, I think, or Zemo is a, is a name they gave him later, or maybe it was his son or something else. So they They went with helmet first, but now they've introduced Baron Zemo, and everybody's calling him Baron Zemo, which is what he's called in the comics. And
1: it was nice to see Alfred make the crossover from DC uh, (laughs) into Marvel. Very
0: Batman, yeah, with his (laughs) private jet, and uh, you know, Zemo had his own butler, and you know, had a nice moment where he said, "If anything doesn't smell good, you know, as far as the food, give it to give it to Sam and Bucky." Um, But I do want to before they jump on that plane in the garage. As Zemo's going through his old cars, he pulls his jacket, which has like the spotted fur collar, which is a comic book look um, as well. He also, in the back of one of the cars, pulls out a purple ski mask. And as of right now, it's not very clear what that ski mask is all about, but he grabs it, puts it into a bag very subtly, and, you know, he starts talking to Sam and Bucky again. Um, the mask comes into play a little bit later in the episode, but it's still sort of up in the air. Now, in the comic books, um, he's horribly, his face is horribly disfigured. So he uses a mask similar to that to cover the scarring and, and all that. But um, here it doesn't seem like that's going to be the purpose of the mask. I don't know if it could a be a foreshadowing. For yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's a deeper meaning for it or if it's just a way to make him look more like his comic book counterpart. But usually there's a reason for everything in the MCU. So it'd be interesting to keep an eye on that. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's see
1: really like the classic cars though. That was, that was uh,
0: very nice to see as well uh, in these scenes. Yes, and um, he, uh, Zemo has a name that he wants to start with, uh, Selby. Um, He knows where they need to go, so that's where they jump on the airplane. Uh, While on the airplane, he's uh, reading his book, it seems, but he's commenting on another book that's inside, it's Bucky's notebook, and he's like, oh, Nakajima, you know, who's this, and why are these names circled, and Bucky, jumps out of his chair and, and tries to throttle him because he's already pickpocketed him, you know, already. Um, but it, it's, it's we find out here that that is not only a notebook that Bucky is keeping similar to Captain America's Notebook from Winter Soldier, it is Captain America's Notebook from Winter Soldier, which I thought was sort of a nice nice touch there. Um, and we find out that, hey, Sam, remember he recommended Trouble Man, Marvin Gaye. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a classic tune. And Bucky's like, nah, I, I like 40s music. I, I, I mean, it's good, but it's, it's no no 40s music, which I could hear Marvelous Mike. Yeah, I think yes. we've had that
1: conversation many a time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Give me my Rhapsody in Blue
1: anytime, please. That was actually 1924, but we won't get into that.
0: Uh, you know, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Zemo gets a great line here where he's like, oh, yes, Marvin Gaye captures the African American experience. It's classic, it's, it's great and sam's like he's out of line but he's right Man ain't <laughs> line. which i thought was that was a great moment yes yes um zemo goes a little bit more into like what his his deep issues are with superheroes and he says you know there's these the problem is people create icons and they put them up on pedestals and they forget that they have flaws and when you know these icons fail then people die and cities fall and it's when you think about that monologue you know juxtapose that with the john walker introduction from last week where you know the full football stadium's cheering for this guy and they barely know him i mean they, they barely know him what, what he's all about his capabilities his flaws um and then we do look back at the mcu is it they're each of the avengers are deeply flawed characters um maybe zemo has a point you know maybe maybe these superhero larger than life people you know, they, they are acting with way too much autonomy. And, you know, here they are breaking supervillains out of jail without <laughs> any kind of authority, so. And, um,
1: I, and on for, for that sequence, again, I thought it was paralleling American history in the moment when you think of everything in the last year and all statues, you know, not not any of the, what well, we've dealt with, with, you know, Confederate, but but talking about George Washington and Thomas mm-hmm. Jefferson and Lincoln and all these great American heroes that we have put on pedestals and, and either whitewashed or refused to talk about their flaws uh, honestly and openly. And, and what happens now, we want to tear them down and, and that's tearing apart at the fabric of, of the American public for, for a good portion. Mm-hmm. Um, of the country, so again, it, it, it's paralleling, you know, the the race relations, the uh, the ideology that we're seeing in this show. I think it, it's an analogies for uh, for what's going on now.
0: It's a great point, and you know, that's really a tricky needle to thread because you, you're gonna. I feel like this show is probably going to be one of Marvel's more divisive shows just because of the powder keg of what's going on in, in the landscape right now. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, that's a great point. And as they continue to touch on these real world rips from the headlines issues, uh, it's something to keep an eye on for, for sure.
1: And you still don't know where the government is
0: <laughs> or on what side? Well, you know, GRC, the global repatriation council, they're all working together, all working together, rebuilding a better world, man. Well, um, you know how that ends up <laughs> so, later. layer. So we get a name on the plane of their destination and that name is Madripoor. And when I heard the name, I geeked out. Um, <laughs> Madripoor is a, a, in the Marvel comics, it's a small southeastern island uh, known for its lawlessness. Um, it's where characters need to go to disappear, uh, to, to learn information about the CD underworld. Um, and it's it's mainly plays a role in the X Men comics. That's why it was a really big deal um, that they were using it here because um, you know it's some of the fruits of the 20th century Fox Disney deal where you know they're starting to bring in some more uh, things from the X Men universe. Madripoor is is a big X Men location primarily for Wolverine. Um, and uh, one of the things that we see when we get shots of Madripoor later. Is the Princess Bar is one of the neon signs that are shown, and that is a bar from the comic books that is uh, was owned for a time by Wolverine. Uh, So you know, Marvel introducing mutants sometime soon, dropping subtle hints. Uh, Who knows? But uh, Madripoor is a big deal from a comic books perspective, and uh, really cool to see here now in the live action world. Didn't phase me from the (laughs) movie perspective, so. Uh, before we get to Madriport, though, they give us a little uh check in on what Carly Morgan Morgenthau and the flag smashers are up to. She was at sort of a, a shelter, I think it was a GRC shelter, and um, you know, they she's playing soccer and they pull her aside, and know, like it's time and she goes upstairs and and there's a a a person uh in a hospital bed, it's a number of hospital beds, and uh, it seems like a dirty, dingy place, a little you know, a little bit not not a top notch, you know place it doesn't look like at least um and so you know whoever this person is that's in the bed is dying uh or dies and carly is crying over her you know we and we don't really get too much about what who this person is um it seemed like some sort of mother figure i was going to say it is her mother but then i remember you telling me before when i said that uh, John Walker's wife walked in. You're like, do we know it's his wife? <laughs> I said, well, uh, you know, I don't want to say this is her mother, but it seemed like a mother figure to her uh, passes away.
1: And, Just want to it. make sure the evidence represents what it, what it
0: actually is. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to Madri- Uh We get kind of the three amigos, Sam, Bucky, and Zemo uh, in Madripoor, and and they're all in their costumes, their disguises. They're going to assume these identities. Sam is upset because he feels like he looks like a pimp because he's all decked out and uh, Zemo's like that's typical American view of African American nicely dressed you know to think that they're pimps and um, but it's funny because in the comic books for a time Sam Wilson did Dress up as a pimp and was a pimp, uh, so oh, it's almost right. like a, a mini throwback oh. there. Yeah, and also <laughs> the identity that he was assuming, Smiling Tiger, is a comic book's character as well. So a separate uh, more, character or something that Sam se- separate separate, okay. separate character. So uh, a little throwback there as well. Um, we get a little bit more about Madripoor. It's there's a high town and a low town, and you know, high town is all the the richy rich and the glamour and the neon, and low town and. It's the dive bars and the seedy criminal element and they all the kind of coexist, smashed together, um, kind of like Staten Island. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of uh, clips of uh, neon everywhere and and people on bikes and guns and and money exchanging hands and drugs and people tattooed up and one of the things I noticed as they were showing this around Madrapur was uh, that this place in the comic books has uh mar- has gotten marvel into trouble uh for ethnic concerns before because it's supposed to be a south eastern asian island and they've often depicted only people of asian descent and and involved in this criminal underworld you know and and i it, it seems like marvel has kind of taken that criticism to heart here in the mcu because you see People of all kinds of different backgrounds. It was, it was the
1: United Nations uh, over there yesterday. Yeah, or, all kinds of different
0: backgrounds. Um, it, it, exchanging, doing business in Madripoor. Um The the other thing I did see was uh, a big graffiti sign that said the power broker is watching, um, which is, it was kind of, they, they focused on that for a minute. So wanted to point it out here. Uh, anything else about Madripoor stand out to you?
1: Well coming into this scene it was like it, to me it was the cantina scene mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh in in a new hope uh, that, that, yes i was waiting for the band to start playing some jazz <laughs> as they walk into the bar but again a lot of parallels i felt uh at least uh to that scene
0: they're all playing their characters you know uh Zemo keeps- referring to winter soldier you know he, he had sam take off his sleeves so they could see his new vibranium arm um the car- the people in the bar were all whispering to each other oh is that the winter soldier is that the winter soldier you know and, and and zemo's acting like it's his personal hitman and uh sam is in his smiling tiger gear and you know they go up to the bar and they're asking about selby and the bartender's nope no selby here you know you can't see selby and uh you know it's like oh you want the usual smiling tiger and and Sam's like yeah sure little do we know he pulls a snake out of a jar, puts it on the bar guts it open, pours some things into the drink and hands it to Sam and you know Bucky's just kind of looking at him like I'm really glad I'm not smiling tiger right now (laughs) Um, (laughs) as Sam has to choke down the smiling tiger usual uh, which to his credit he does Um, and and I believe Marvel is now selling the concoction to make
1: your own a uh, smiling tiger a usual
0: coming soon to a disney theme park near you <laughs> uh, someone walks up to zemo puts his hands on him and tells him he's not welcome there and and at this point zemo is just kind of gives like the nod to to bucky to, to jump in action and uh, we find out you know that the, the power broker is the one that says that zemo's not welcome there so maybe they have some kind of history uh, Zemo claims that he has never met the power broker before but he is both he is judge jury and executioner for Poor itself um, so this person is someone of considerable resources um, as we've seen in other episodes there's a lot of fear surrounding the power broker and uh, Zemo's just like look I don't I don't have any business with him I just want to see Selby um, but we get a fight, a bar fight scene here with with Bucky as Winter Soldier he's throwing people over the bar he's punching people in the face doing all this stuff and i don't think anybody really realized it but there are a lot of people the problem with the 21st century everybody has a camera everybody has a video camera i was loving that
1: they were filming it just like it was in new york
0: (laughs) yes do you think this is going to come back to bite them in the butt
1: oh uh you know i didn't think of that i'm i'm to me, it was just, a, you know, sign of the times. Everything is filmed. I, I didn't think of it being
0: uh, shown later on. All but of it, them are on that film. I mean, uh, Sam is standing at the bar. And and even though he's dressed as Smiling Tiger, I mean, he had no sort of facial disguise that's at right. all.
1: Especially when we see, uh, when we next see... John Walker and the conversation that surrounds him Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Hoskins so that that is very interesting
0: to point out I didn't think Bucky's there arm out and and everybody's filming this and you know the last words he said to his therapist on the way out from couples counseling last week was you know what was rule number two again and you know rule number two is don't hurt anybody well there's a lot of people getting hurt right here in this bar so uh keep an eye on that put a pin in it may come back later to haunt our heroes um After the bar fight, it must impress somebody because the bartender like he goes off and he's you know whispering in the corner and then he tells him you know Selby will see you now yeah yeah Uh, so Selby calls him up and they meet uh, they meet this person it's uh, uh, you know this uh, woman who is the head of the bar Um, she's sharply dressed Uh, she's pretty uh, short with Zemo you know she's like why why shouldn't I just kill you because you're causing all this commotion in my bar. And Zemo's telling her, Oh, oh, Zemo offers Bucky in exchange for information. And he wants information on the the super soldier serum. Uh, You know, how's it getting out there? What's going on with it? And uh, Selby basically gives him a name, uh, Dr. Wilfred uh, Nagel. And when Zemo asks for follow-up information, she kind of gives him this short little, you know, I'll give you the the breadcrumbs for free, but the bakery's going to cost you. Which that I was a great that. line, by the way. I had never heard that before. Write that down, use that <laughs> in an everyday conversation. Um, but our whole, you know, incognito disguise thing all goes by the wayside because... The dumbest, I mean, but this to me was just
1: out of the left field.
0: How you... Sam doesn't yeah. turn off his phone vibration and... Uh, Travel
1: to the other down end down. of the earth. In, first off, you get service there. God bless you. You didn't have to, you know, alert Verizon that you were traveling out of country. He was to uh, the Wi-Fi. But, <laughs> but, I mean, that to me was a little bit of, uh, you know, not believable, mm. I guess, if if, if our heroes are supposed to be as good as they are, as good as superheroes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think some of what we're seeing here is, like, this is definitely, like, the B team I mean they didn't get as much chance uh, as much time to train and develop as the original six Avengers and even the original six Avengers made mistakes all the time but you know it's they're not fully polished yet it feels like and this is one of those things where like so much was going on for poor Sam that you know maybe it slipped his mind I don't know but his phone goes off in his pocket Selby hears it he looks at the phone it's Sarah his sister calling him and Selby's like oh Put it on speaker. Answer it, you know. And so Sam is trying to do the tough guy, like, oh, yeah, the uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll go to the bank, you know, and and kill them like, all. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna kill that banker that didn't give us the money. And to, to her credit, Sarah's kind of like, well, what are you talking about? Like, what, what are you trying to do with your voice, you know? And they're they're almost getting away with this one sided conversation thing
1: until the fatal mistake that. She, she calls him real name. Sam. Yes.
0: She says, sam i gotta go you know the kids are spilling cheerios or something and selby's just like sam who's sam and and that that just blows the whole thing uh but she gets blasted in the chest by a, a gunshot out of nowhere and is down on the floor dead you know before we can really you know put this together and and all of a sudden you know big fight breaks out sam bucky they're trying to fight their way out. Um, Zemo—they knock everybody out in the room and, except for Zemo. And Zemo's like, "All right, we've got to leave now. We've got a big problem. Uh, don't take any weapons." So they walk out unarmed of the bar, thinking they could just kind of stroll out of there. But word hits the the underground very fast that Selby is dead. The There's t- a sent a crazy ransom. Yep, one million in Bitcoin or something like that. I, I saw it was in yeah, it was in like the Bitcoin symbol for uh, Selby's murderers, and all hell breaks loose. I mean, now it's every hitman, every every criminal lowlife, They're all out to get Sam, Bucky, and Zemo because they were the last ones seen talking to Selby. Uh, while they're running around because they have no weapons, uh, all of the people that are about to do any kind of harm to them are getting gunned down left and right they're dropping and it's like whoa, what's going on and zemo even says like oh you must have a guardian angel or something you know and somebody uh steps out of the shadows walks down from a like an upper story building comes down has a hood up pulls the hood down and reveals herself to be sharon carter and i got the best text from you while you were watching this sharon who's sharon carter <laughs> like but that is that is to your credit that is her whole point they forgot about her <laughs> everybody forgot about sharon carter including you but everybody <laughs> forgot about sharon carter and to our point the civil war
1: uh, was not one of our favorites Uh, movies. Oh, I mean, great, great movie. I loved it because it was really like Avengers 2.5, but it really made us dislike Captain America. And and that's what we took from that movie more than anything else.
0: Mm, You should have been disliking Bucky Barnes. Um, (laughs) But anyway, Sharon Carter. Yes, we have not seen her since Captain America Civil War. Um, she she makes a point. She's like, I've been living off the grid in Madripoor. I haven't seen my family. I haven't seen my my father. They don't have extradition here in in Madripoor, so I, I I can stay here. But I got thrown. You know, I'm living on the run because I busted your wings, Sam, out to save Bucky from Zemo. And here you're all standing in front of me, best of friends. So the last however many years, because it's not really clear if she's been blipped or not. I mean, I think there was a scene in infinity war or Endgame where she was one of the listed, you know, people who had disappeared, but there's a lot of back and forth right now in the community about, well, did she really get blipped or did she, has she just been been there the whole run and been there the whole time? Because she has a lot of resources as we find out here in Madripoor. And that's a lot for her to have put together in the six months if she's just been back from the blip. So I think she may have survived the entire five-year period, but basically, now for those viewers, could you just go through once more what she did in Civil War? Yes. So Sharon Carter is uh, was Agent Thirteen. I think she was first introduced in the Winter Soldier um, as Captain America's uh, nurse slash, you know, love interest, potential love interest, uh, neighbor who was keeping an eye on him for Shield. And then she finds out, you know, throughout the course of that film, that Shield is actually Hydra, and so she's trying to help him, you know, liberate or get rid of the Hydra agents, you know, that he has to deal with in that movie. Um, And they don't quite get together, I think, in that film. But then she comes back in Civil War. She's now working for the Chief Terrorism Organization or some something, the CTO. Uh, So she has like a government position at that point, and she steps in here to take. Uh, Steve's side this is where we find out that she is Peggy Carter's niece um, and she was inspired by Peggy to go into S.H.I.E.L.D. and go you know make that her life's work Um, but she she broke out (laughs) of uh, uh, the CTO Bucky's wings because Bucky was considered a fugitive for siding with Team Cap um, and she aided Cap giving him some resources and things in the Civil War uh, itself in their stance against the U S government. Um, so for her role in that, you know, everybody else is getting pardoned and able to live a free life in America. You know, Sam is fine. Bucky's fine. All the other Avengers are doing fine, but nobody has checked in on Sharon Carter and nobody has, you know, given her any sort of, you know, she's living the the Julian Assange life, you know, <laughs> living on the, on the run. Uh, she has gotten no pardons whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, she's justifiably angry, I feel like. I mean, especially when we see Bucky just walking into Berlin prisons making demands when he, you know, killed a, a whole bunch of people. Um, but yes, so don't feel bad. You're not the only one that forgot about Sharon Carter. So did the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Probably the only one that I'll be watching this podcast of that forgot about. So. <laughs> So she is running an illegal art gallery in Madripoor. She, uh, you know, they, they make a joke that most of the things that are in, Ameri- uh, or that are in museums are fake. Uh, Bucky or Sam tries to Google it. And Bucky's like, no, no, it's really a thing. You don't have to Google it. You know, these are all the, the real thing. They go on these illegal art markets. And, you know, Sharon, she's laying into both of them, Sam and Bucky. She's basically saying like superheroes are a joke. It's all a bunch of hypocrisy. I can't blame you for giving up the shield. Um, and, and Sam is trying to get her to help them. And once again, you know, he's doing his boy scout thing where he's like, no, no, I can get you a pardon. I, I can get you excused, you know, and just help us out here. And she's like, yeah, sure, Sam, whatever. And and it's like nobody's taking Sam very seriously <laughs> in this entire episode, but uh, you know, I think they later strike some kind of bargain or agreement she's, and she finally believes him but but she basically calls sam out for being a hypocrite with the the whole superhero thing and then she calls bucky out for basically being you know captain america's boy scout sidekick uh when you know when he was after he was done being controlled by hydra um so it was it was just nice to see sharon carter just she's like not pulling any punches she's taking it to both of them um she's just very jaded at this point and uh, she's living a life of crime and she's that make a prediction now yeah yeah are we not supposed to think that she is the power broker no i mean at this point there's no indication to 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 seem like she is the power broker
1: oh okay
0: Um, yeah i mean what we know of the power broker we know that uh, well, I mean, at this point, we don't know very much about the power broker, but what we know is everybody keeps referring to the the, the power broker as a he, which may be misdirection. Who knows? Thank you. Thank um, you. We know that the power broker has considerable influence over the goings on in Madripoor, um, which, you know, whether or not she has enough uh, of, a, of a influence for that, who knows? Um, but we also know, you know, and we find out later, Sharon helps them get to uh, this Dr. Nagel that they got from Selby, you know, there's this art party scene where they're all, you know, having a great time at the party. We get Zemo kind of dancing a little bit, which I thought was great. Um, and during the party, Sharon gets, you know, the location for them of, of where, uh, Nagel is. So she's, she's playing at least if she is the power broker, she's playing pretty dumb uh, or making them jump through some hoops first in order to, to get where they need to go. Um, Well, the only reason i said it uh well for two reasons
1: first there was that sign power broker is always watching Mm -hmm. and she was watching them when they needed help the most with selby to kill Mm -hmm. and and everybody else during that hunt and then just um well, I, I guess that that was really the only. Well,
0: I mean, my question would be then, what's in it for her, right? Like, what's her goal here? Because we know that the power broker had the super soldier serum. Yeah, we know I know that say... it was stolen by the flag smashers.
1: Yes, and Nagel and... would help lead them to Morgenthau and and the rest of them, and so that's why she wants them to succeed, uh, and and not you know kill Zemo right there. They need to get to Morgenthau and get the rest of the serum or destroy it or, or bring it back and and that's what she needs them to do hmm. well, again yeah. this is just one of my far-fetched hypotheticals uh maybe it, it's you just know seems what the power broker is or at least alluded to thoughts of it last week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so i'm assuming that i'm incorrect based on what you know of the power broker previously
0: well i mean that's the beauty of the mcu they use your comics knowledge against you sometimes where you know characters like for example iron man 3 in in the iron man 3 the mandarin turns out not to be you know this guy that they've been setting up for half the movie it turns out to be somebody Gandhi who ben kingsley's finest role right so i mean that that is nothing like the comic books adrian killian is a completely different character from the mandarin so um i i don't know um you can't you can't go by that but uh but we'll see i mean sharon is has definitely taken a turn for the criminal element now, um, and she's she's selling these illegal art things to, to survive. She's living in Hightown. She's made a name for herself, and she does leave this conversation by, by basically doing a handshake agreement with Sam that she's gonna get a pardon at the end of this. Who knows? Um, so she leads Sam, Bucky, and Zemo to uh, Nagel, who is in the shipping container Um, he's got a secret lab
1: I believe that was on the Evergreen actually that container that was stuck in the Suez Canal (laughs) that's why it was stuck there for the last week or so
0: so Nagel could have some more time to get the vials and everything okay I see I see interestingly enough I wrote this down it's Zemo that finds that there is a secret wall in the shipping container uh, that leads down to Nagel's lab Um, I you know I have seen some theories out there that the power broker may be Zemo um you know maybe he was pulling strings while he was in jail um but he is the one that finds the the, the secret lab entrance they go down to the lab and we meet Dr. Wilfred uh, Nagel and um funny enough while all this is going on Sharon Carter is having like her own uh, adventure outside in the shipping containers because apparently hitmen from Madripoor are still tailing them and you know so Sharon Carter is like taking them down I mean she's She's vicious. She's nailing, smacking people around with a lead pipe. There was one that went through the guy. Yeah. 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 And and throwing knives, shooting people dead on site. I mean, there's just all of her CIA shield training. And again, I think this is the most, I don't want to say gratuitous
1: violence, but the most intense violence that we've seen in an MCU series. So So,
0: interesting enough, I, I think the director or maybe it's the writer, but the director, there's a connection here to. Uh, someone who's involved with the John Wick movies, um, which are also known for very violent, uh, you know, uh, the Keanu Reeves, John Wick trilogy. Um, and it's a very similar sit- story where like a guy is like trying to get revenge and, you know, he kills all these people, high body count. And, and sort of we're seeing that paralleled with Sharon Carter here. Um, but she's she's taking down hitmen outside the shipping containers while they're dealing with Nagel inside. Um, man, she could she can fight. Sharon Carter, she can handle her own. She was taken down. I mean, she at least took down fifteen people by herself out there. Uh, so Nagel gives us a little bit more background on what's been going on with the Super Soldier Serum since, uh, since I I would say uh, Winter Soldier, you know, or, or Civil War, because he starts off by saying, you know, when the Siberian Winter Soldier program failed, and that was there were five viable. Subjects that were created after Captain America. Um, That was during the Civil War movie. Uh, They thought that was the whole gist of the movie. They thought they were going to release these five super soldiers out into the world. They had to stop them. turns out Zemo murdered them while they were still in their test tubes. Um, And it was all set up to get the Avengers there so he could play the Iron Man video. Um, But after those five, there wasn't another uh, successful attempt at super soldier serum uh, until... Uh, you know, the CIA picked up Nagel um, from Hydra. He, and the CIA hired him to try to continue developing this program. So this is a U.S.-led effort to recreate the super soldier serum. Uh, he found blood from a semi-stable U.S. subject. And then, you know, it shows Sam thinking back that this is Isaiah Bradley, who we met last week, but never said out loud. So we don't know if it's Bradley's blood that he's really talking about, but he used that blood to synthesize a a new form of super soldier serum. He said he's the first one since Dr. Erskine who was Stanley Tucci's character in Captain America, the first Avenger uh, to perfect this formula. And he said, what's great about his version is that it doesn't require any kind of body modification, no machinery, uh, nothing like that. It's, it's subtle, he says. And, I think what he means by that is that the person taking it retains their shape, like Carly Morgenthau looks like a teenage girl or, or young, early, young adult woman. Um, and yet they have all the strength and speed and, and stamina of a super soldier. Um, I thought this was kind of interesting because this is not the first time we've seen the US government dabbling with super soldier serum. This is, if you remember the Incredible Hulk uh with thaddeus that Gen- general Thad- thunderbolt ross thaddeus ross uh he was trying to recreate the serum himself as well with his scientists and they ended up creating the abomination uh with eric blonsky giant monster um they had you know the re- part of the reason why bruce banner is the hulk is because they were trying to recreate the super soldier serum so like every time they've tried to recreate this it's it's resulted in horrible horrible uh things but now we have viable super soldier serum and the and the formula has been cracked. Uh, and there's also the it, it
1: made it sound a little open-ended. Uh when Nagel was saying it, you know, I almost got it, and then I was blipped. Yes, yes, and he was then blip. I came back and I came here uh because they the power broker was willing to fund the 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 money that the you know CIA wasn't able to anymore. My my Thought immediately was, well, what if the CIA didn't need you anymore? What if they had cracked the code during those last five years and have already had their own serum uh, based on the work that you had done for them previously? Yeah. So that there may be more than just these 20 vials out.
0: There. Right. He, he reveals that he's come up with 20. They ask him, how many vials have you created? He says, 20. And and the assumption is you know because Zemo at that point has heard enough he's heard all he needs um, oh they also he get they get another name out of him uh, because Carly Morgenthau contacted him to try to help uh, this person uh, called uh, named Danya Madante uh, who has tuberculosis and uh he was like nope not my problem it's not my he says it's like not my pig not my farm or something like really heartless this guy he does a really good job of being both creepy and like you know also kind of nerdy at the same time and and just an arrogant jerk um and uh,
1: my mind went to that was a woman in the hospital is that
0: yes yes that is the woman in the hospital um carly apparently approached him to, to try to help her and he didn't respond or didn't didn't care enough to to do it um and at that point zemo having you know gotten sort of more information another breadcrumb decides he's going to shoot nagel dead and he shoots nagel dead without any kind of authority and doesn't wait for sam doesn't wait for bucky you know they all are like what are you doing what are you doing and you know zemo is doing what he told them he was going to do he wants to end the super soldier thing once and for all and then you know as sharon is fighting outside she comes into the shipping container lab and she she tells them you know look we've got really big problems outside we've we, we got to go uh somebody with a rocket launcher shoots the shipping container and it blows up uh it starts a fire in the lab and the lab vials start to explode and you know our heroes all escape out of the lab leaving Nagel's body in there uh, to burn my question is you know did, did he not write anything down? Does he not have computer backups somewhere? I mean, we're led to believe that, like, you know, now that this lab has blown up and Nagel is dead, there are only these 20 vials of super soldier serum floating around, you know, hypothetically now down to 12, because eight of the flag smashers have taken it. Is that all? I mean, is that it? And like I said before, Ross has been trying to get a new super soldier serum going forever. Where is he? You know, is he part of this? Um, you know, who else out there has been trying to do this super soldier serum? I mean, I think Russia has their own version that they've been, they had been trying to do uh, in the comic books, and you know, may tie into the uh, to the Black Widow movie coming up. Uh, there are there was a whole subplot of the Peggy Carter TV show uh, streaming on Disney Plus. If you haven't checked it out, it's pretty good. Uh, about trying not to let Steve's blood samples out into the public so that they could recreate the super soldier serum. Uh, so anyway, there are 12 vials of pure, ready-to-go super soldier serum out there. Who else may have access to these vials? Where are they? Um, you know, that, that is now the thrust of the show. What's that? The government.
1: I don't know. I still, I still say the U.S., is not the good guys in this, and and that they are uh, want to get Morgenthau because they are the ones that have created the
0: super uh, soldier serum. They have it as well, and that's why I'm I, that's why I bring us back to Ross because Ross is still working for the government, and it was his life's work. Uh, the reason why he you know was kind of uh, disgraced at the end of Incredible Hulk is because his attempt failed. And I think he's still hanging around. He was the one overseeing the Avengers in Civil War. Um, you know, he's still he still pops up from time to time. I, I think he may still have a role to play in this. We might That's see him come on. Hmm.
1: Let's go back a few weeks and 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 somebody yeah. on this podcast yeah. mentioned the Thunderbolts. And and I think was laughed out of Marvel-dom completely.
0: Yep. You weren't allowed to come back ever again. <laughs> but funny you should mention that. Uh, now that we have Zemo, we have Bucky, we have Ross, we have the super soldiers, all this stuff going on. It does kind of lend itself to a Thunderbolts tie-in of some kind. Because in the comic books, the Thunderbolts was Zemo's pet project. Uh, these reformed villains, you know, anti-heroes, um, and and he was always like a thorn in Bucky's side. And Bucky took over the program as well. Th- they're circling that drain, and you know, when it happens, you will have. I'll give you a, a one minute of un- <laughs> uninterrupted gloating that you can. Uh, you
1: know, man, I wish more than ten <laughs> people watched this show so I would become famous. <laughs>
0: Oh man! Uh, yes, you, we will give you all the credit in the world for your <laughs> crazy theory. Uh, but first, we have to take care of this gunfight now. Uh, now this is total action scene. You know, people are shooting th- through these shipping containers. Yes, but I think we very
1: important. Before we get to that, yeah. Zemo appears to escape.
0: Yes, and uh, they and, get separated from Zemo.
1: Yes, and leave our heroes to potentially fend for themselves. Yes. So um, you're sitting and watching thinking, all right, now he's abandoned them. Now, you know, he's he's back to being his villainous
0: self. Yeah, this would be the typical spot, right, where like the villain gets away and, you know, they're kind of stuck now without, you know, without a trace and, you know, their, their agreement is dead, right? Um, but, you know, Sam and Bucky have some ban- banner here about like, oh, you were supposed to follow me. I went left. You went right. You know. Every the, the, movie, the, every movie, they go left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sharon's taking people down and we we get a scene zemo he's got the the mask in his hand he stands at the edge of a shipping container you know above them puts the mask on slowly and fires on a pipe and blows up the pipe and then jumps off the shipping container and takes down these guys and in, in hand-to-hand combat i mean he was trained in sokovian military training or whatever that that is um but it seems like, you know, he, he's with the mask on. He's like taking all these guys out right in front of of Sam and Bucky. Um, and he finds a car and, you know, he pulls up and picks up Sam and Bucky. He takes, he takes the mask off when he's driving, you know, the car, which I'm like, well, I don't know. Again, like, what is this mask? Is this a mask? Is, does he not want them to see the mask? Is that, does it have some kind of meaning? What's going on with the mask? I I, I gotta know. Um, but he takes the mask off. he he picks them up in the car. Bucky jumps in the front passenger seat. Sam jumps in the back. They're looking at at um, Sharon. they're like, come on, come with us because this is this is kind of turning it on its ear, right? Like I thought that Sharon, Bucky and Sam now would be working together and Zemo would be off, but they're back with Zemo. Uh, and Sharon's like, nope, I can't go back to the states because I'm still wanted, but get me that pardon, you know, and we'll we'll talk about it. And we get almost as
1: if she's brokering
0: a deal. It's very weird that she doesn't just come with them because they're violating every other law out there. I mean, why stop here? I mean, it's a private jet too. So who would know that she's there in the first place? Anyway, she doesn't go with them. Um, And, you know, we get this throwback to civil war, which is the scene where uh, uh, Bucky's in the back and Sam's in the front passenger seat. And Bucky's like, can you move your seat? And Sam's just, no. Well, we get the reverse of that. And Sam's like, you're not going to move your seat up, are you? And Bucky's like, no. Um, They ride off into the sunset. Sharon turns a corner in the shipping containers, and there is a woman waiting for her with a car. And she's like, look, we've got got some problems. Uh, A couple of them, actually. Uh, I'll tell you about it in the car. And they ride off. Where is she going? Who is she working with? What is that all about? You think she's the power broker. I really do. I really do. I think. She,
1: I feel. I feel my thunderbolt one. I, I pulled that out of thin air. But I think this, this everything is setting itself up for her to be the power broker, or I, or working hand in hand with the power broker, because how else would they have escaped? If the I think power broker didn't want
0: them to escape, I think she's working uh, with Newcap. I think she's a, a really? John Walker. I think she's still in there with the government through and through. And I think she's, she's working with the, uh, with the government on this one. She's still, she's right. still good. She's not quite the criminal that, you know, she's led us on to believe all this time. That's my theory. Also this week, as Marvel has been doing, uh, they released a whole bunch of Sharon Carter, merchandise <laughs> uh, really? shirts and posters and, it was really playing up the fact that she's this wanted person. It's like got like wanted all over, and it's her with the hood up, and you know everything. But yeah, you can get your Sharon Carter shirts available now on the Marvel.com <laughs> store. Uh, we catch up with Carly and a friend of hers, one of the other Flag Smashers, and they're like talking about you know what life was like, what led them to go to Madripoor. Uh, Carly wanted to be an educator and you know you and I both have educators in our lives and we know that when you know we make them angry uh, we also get punched through walls and you know kicked downstairs <laughs> and everything else so I don't think it's super soldier serum at all I think it's just something that you know educators you know get you know day one and that's how they handle the craziness that they have to handle we support um, educators and <laughs> education very much in my don't island. make them angry <laughs> uh but she wanted to be a, a teacher and, you know, things happened and they're they're commiserating over uh, Danya's death. And um, there they, she knows she, she already knows that Nagel has been killed in Madripoor, which is like word travels very fast in this world. You know that, that she's like, oh, yeah, now that Nagel's dead, you know, we have all the vials. The power broker will be coming to us, you know, begging us for, for what's left um and you know she's got plans for kids that are still stuck in the camps that she wants to help them out and i'm like wow they are really humanizing our villains here you know making us feel bad for them you know and
1: especially when she describes when she took the serum yes all the pain and how her body was on she felt it was on fire and she just wanted to to end it Uh, yeah so
0: you know for all of nagel's boasting that he is a god that he's come up with the perfect serum not quite that great yet you know there's still some issues for the the test the subjects that are taking it um but yeah uh, it makes you kind of feel bad for her you know maybe i don't know because the next scene the, the next scene that we get is uh we're catching up with Newcap and hoskins and they're walking through the berlin prison and they're like oh how did zemo get out and uh, John Walker's like, I know, I know Sam and Bucky had something to do with this. I just know it. And Hoskins goes, well, we can't, we can't pin anything on them. You know, we, we, we need actual proof. And, uh, John Walker is basically saying, you know, look, we're, we're going to get this done. doesn't matter how, let's let's go, you know, outside the official channels, you know, they're not going to care how we get it done. It's just that we got it done. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's, the, that's kind of like Bucky and Sam's whole MO right now. You know, yep. they're, they're, they're just doing anything, whatever it takes to, to get things done. So as, as angry as everybody wants to be at at new Captain America, he's just doing the same thing. Everybody else is doing. <laughs> he's just two steps behind, uh, but he's doing the same thing. So whatever they are doing next, whatever they're planning next, uh, they're going to do something off the books, whatever that means. So, Uh, Will be interesting to see what what happens there, but that's our only John Walker scenes this week. So uh, we'll, we'll have to catch up with them next week. Uh, We get a conversation between Sam Bucky and Zemo on the airplane home. And Sam at this point is thinking, you know what, maybe it was a mistake to give the shield back to the museum. I should have destroyed it, you know, because this, the symbol he's starting, I think Zemo Zemo is throughout this entire episode. He's just needling at both Sam and Bucky getting under their skin, getting under their heads. And he's now sounding very much like zemo in the first plane ride to madripoor where he's you know talking about the icons and you know these symbols need to be destroyed now sam is saying basically agreeing with him i should have i should have destroyed this shield it shouldn't exist anymore and that makes bucky very angry because he's like that shield means something to a lot of people it means something to me you know and he goes you know i should have just stolen it myself taken it back and taken the shield and if the Last thing that the world needs is Bucky Barnes as Captain America. Uh, that is, that is, Another nobody, way. nobody wants that.
1: But again, uh, it goes, yeah. And and it's just, uh, again, paralleling our, our, our current conversation, when we put more emphasis in the symbol rather
0: than the ideals
1: that, that they supposedly symbolize. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then we find out that there they know on the airplane that uh, Madanya or Madane uh, has died in Riga, they get a location. So that's where they're headed. And Zemo ends the conversation by saying, you know, he's looking very forward to meeting Carly Morgenthal. And, you know, I, I'm thinking to myself, so sam and bucky so far have kind of let zemo run this whole thing and he's made it very clear that he wants to end all super soldiers everywhere so are they just going to let him kill this little girl you know or, the, or the, what what is their plan here like they've got to step in at some point they didn't do very much to help nagel out so yeah but if they if their
1: plan isn't to end i you see that's that's where this is sort of aren't they also trying to get rid of all the flag smashers? I
0: don't think they want to kill them. Then what do they want to do? Have them over for dinner? Well, they're, I think they're hoping to put them in some kind of high security prison, maybe the raft that we saw in civil war, something that handles superhero super powered individuals, um, you know, some sort of, some sort of prison. I, I don't think they intend to kill her. Um,
1: no, maybe I was being a bit facetious, but I would say they don't want to just continue, you know, they want to just meet up with them and then let them continue
0: leading their lives. Well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's going to, they're going to be at odds if they're not going to outright murder them, then that's what Zemo's going to do because we've already seen him do it. So um, that that's going to come to a head soon. So they've got to start thinking about that now. Sam, to this point, like I said, he's just been along for the ride. I, I, I think he needs to really start formulating a plan here and trying to get ahead of things rather than just reacting to everything, um, you know, that, that's, that's going to fall on him and it's not fair, but that's the position that Bucky has put him in by, by making these moves. Uh, We catch up with the flag smashers. They are at a global repatriation council, GRC supply depot. Uh, They've tied up, you know, one of the guards or something and they're, they're yelling at him because these supplies have been, held up for six months and surprise surprise the government can't distribute items that would save a lot of people in, in an efficient and timely manner <laughs> where, where have we ever heard that before uh, um, ripped from the headlines uh you this was filmed way before but, <laughs> yeah, but it's happened. an allegory
1: for everything that's ha- that actually that is so funny because
0: yes yeah. All this has happened before. Before COVID, before the vaccine rollout, before any of that stuff. Before anyway.
1: all the the riots of the last year. That is really something, how yeah. it really is playing right into what's going
0: on. Yeah. But anyway, six months of supplies. They have been just sitting on it, haven't been getting it out. So the Flag Smashers are going to get it out for them. Uh, when they get back into the car, Carly's friend is like, oh, you know, that's not our car. Or she's like, nope, we're taking this one. Uh, get your seatbelt on. And uh, no, no, seriously, get your seatbelt on, buckle up. And, you know, all of a sudden the, the entire building blows up. Carly has now set off a bomb. Uh, her friend is, is concerned because he's like, there, there were still innocent people in there. They had nothing to do with this. And she's like, well, that's the only message that they'll understand. So for as sympathetic and as humanizing as they were trying to make the Flag Smashers, here they are just killing innocent people. And, you know, now they've kind of crossed that line. Uh, in Riga zemo is leading sam and bucky uh to his apartment or safe house or something and they have a conversation about the status of sokovia sokovia has now been wiped off the map it's been cannibalized by its neighbors no longer exists uh zemo asks the two if they have been to see the memorial and they do not respond silence um and he goes nope why would you of course not Um, so kind of showing once again there's been so much going on that these heroes tend to forget about the collateral damage of things that happen around them, um, and and the people that it affects. Um, before they go into the apartment building, Bucky's like, "Hey guys, I, I got to take a walk. Got to clear my head. I uh, need to need to need to do something." And he leaves them, uh, starts walking around Riga, and he's picking up these little little beads. And did you know what these were before? the reveal oh yes yes. all right picking up the beads they're like these little technic techno beads looking at them he picks up one more were they in the other movies yes yeah okay just confirming (laughs) looks at it and he's like uh i think he dropped this and there's nothing around him he turns again and there is ayo who is the second in command of the Dora milaje from the black panther and uh, he's like i was wondering when you were regard- when you were going to show up and she looks at him just stone cold stare and is like i'm here for zemo and that's how the episode ends um that's now three episodes in a row that end with like the introduction of a new character and then boom right to black <laughs> uh the first one was john walker second one was uh zemo and now here we have ao uh, ao from black panther those were their communication beads on their um uh wristlets that they wear uh that, that, those little beads uh, so yeah we get some of the wakanda score uh back is is great um she i don't know if you remember but Ayo was actually the um the the member of the dora milaje uh, the king's guard who was with king tachaka who was killed in civil war by zemo so it's it's Funny to see her here. It's, it's it's symbolic to see her here because the king died, kind of on her watch, and the person responsible for it is in this town. Um, a lot of questions here. Like, uh, did, did Bucky summon them uh, or or fill them in on what's going on to to kind of hand Zemo to them, um, or, or or is Bucky now going to have to fight them? I mean, what 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 does AO's presence you know mean to <laughs> this show I mean we've got so many different factions going on right now we've got, and we've Sam, got three
1: episodes to clear it three up three
0: episodes to go so we have got Sam Bucky and Zemo we've got John Walker Cap and Hoskins and the GRC we've got Sharon Carter we've got the power broker we've got the flag smashers and Carly Morkenthal and now we have Wakanda brought into it. And, and we yes. have
1: Sam's family drama that's happening back home. That what are they
0: going to do with the boat? Home? That's right. That's right. So that's the power broker. And we still don't know who the power broker is. It's, yes, we do. are still leaving it a yes, mystery. Your prediction is we have met the power broker, and her yes. name is Sharon Carter. OK. All right. Yes, it is. That is my prediction. That is my hill
1: that I will die on for this show. And uh, I got my action, so I was happy very satisfied after this episode and uh actually we actually just watched it on monday night so that makes me happy that i could watch the the new one i don't have to wait a whole week
0: we have (laughs) three more days at this no spoilers huh
1: no no actually uh i guess i don't you're the only real marvel enthusiast i follow (laughs) anywhere
0: well you know it's funny i don't know if it's because i muted half of the the words from the show so that i don't get spoiled but i don't see as much of a uh uh, chatter about this show as WandaVision was, and maybe that's because this is more straightforward action, and WandaVision was a lot more mystery. Um, but it doesn't seem like this has had the same sort of uh, water cooler uh, mm-hmm. conversations as as the other shows do. But I, I, they're introducing a lot of really key things in this show that are, are could have a bigger effect in the Marvel Universe, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, in shows to come. Like you know, the, yeah. This, and my
1: question is because you said this was not. Definitely a one and done series. Are they setting it up for a movie, or are they setting it up for season two?
0: Good question. Um, right now, we know there is a Black Panther two. Um, I have not seen anything that involves the Bucky or Sam characters uh, officially. There's no like Falcon and the Winter Soldier the movie, you know that that's been right. announced. Um, I don't see anything that involves Sharon Carter. I don't see anything that involves Zemo um because i mean with wanda we
1: saw that sort of go into the next doctor strange so yes
0: yeah we knew that ahead of time so
1: where where this might be going if anywhere
0: we don't know i mean they only have three episodes left and and like we said last week i hope that they don't uh i hope they don't promise too much and try to cram it all in at the last hour because it's just not going to be enough time for them to to really breathe and you know, some of the like I said, what they're introducing here that by introducing Isaiah Bradley and and Madripoor and and these super soldiers that, that may be out there. Um, it's really sowing a lot of seeds that they could threads that they could pull later and, and just give us more. Yeah. I don't don't resolve it sloppily. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? What what do you, uh, what, what did you think of this episode versus the others? And what would you like to see next week?
1: I liked it, like I said, it was action. It was, uh, it was, but it was very much plot driven but it wasn't so much setting up, setting up, setting up, setting up, setting up. It was setting up action, setting up action. It was, we learned a lot. Uh, we, 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 like I said, we had not to be redundant. We had that action. Uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to see resolution on, mm-hmm. on one of our storylines or um, this upcoming week. But if if my theory serves correct, at the end of this episode, there will be some type of uh, event that will then set the scene for the third act of our play that has to be resolved.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to see uh, a few more of the the edges of the map get filled in, um, just in terms of you know, so who who is the power broker? Um, I think that's hopefully going to be resolved next week. What is John Walker's? you know, move, uh, what what is the end game? Who who should we be rooting for here? Who shouldn't we be rooting for? Who are we rooting against? Um that, the only that one, is very murky right now.
1: Yeah, I think the only one you could clearly definitively say has uh you know no blemishes right now is Sam.
0: Yeah. And I mean his blemish is going along with all this. I mean right, right. In in these things that are going on, but but yeah, I mean, um it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how he handles the negativity, if there is any, and the repercussions of what they've done to this point. And, you know, when, if that break between them and Zemo happens, where is it going to happen? How are they going to handle it? And was it worth it? Was it worth it? Was it worth it to get these breadcrumbs? And, and the, the trail of destruction that they're leaving behind them everywhere they go, um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. All right. With that, let's uh call episode three uh finished for now. Do you have anything that you'd like to plug this week? Just gonna be enjoying my Palmer's chocolate. Have a lot of it left over from
1: Easter. So gonna be enjoying Parsnip Pete and his friends. Uh, what do I got to plug in? Front row conversations returns this Sunday night on the Minty Awards page. Um Beautiful spring has arrived here in the New York city area. So that's what we'll be. Uh, we'll be enjoying uh, this week. Very and nice. Very
0: nice. I'll um, make my
1: prediction. Yankees continuing to beat up on Baltimore. So uh, we're not undefeated like some other teams. I have to uh, check. If
0: that's still the case. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. But at least we're not Gonzaga. I'll say
0: that much. Oh man. That, that was rough. Um, yeah, uh, so for, on the level up side, we are getting ready for Level Up Entertainment Site B, uh, the second store location in Summers Point. Um, we just got a, uh, a Jurassic Park pinball machine in at the cool. new location. Uh, it's based on the the new it's the new Jurassic Park by Stern. Um, so we're very excited to unveil that. It's kind of like a soft opening. That's going to be we'll have you know later on when when it's safe we'll have like a big. You know, party or tournament or some kind of event, um, like we usually do. Uh, but yes, if you are you know listening to this and you want to check out a new pinball machine, come on down to Level Up in Maze Landing and try out the Jurassic Park machine. And you know, other than that, check us out on shoplevelup.com and stay tuned. We have three more episodes of Level Up watches The Falcon and the Winter Soldier to go. Um, Mike, anything else for this week?
1: Don't forget to check out Level Up North in my father's basement if you want any other uh, good uh, vintage diecast.
0: Uh Uh-huh, yeah, nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody. Nobody's going there. Uh, So for for my co-host who's trying to sell off his father's things, um, I am Harry. I've been your host. It's been great. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week to be continued. Good night, everybody.